Welcome to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. Thanks so much for joining me today on this 22nd episode of All Things. Last week, a report was released in northern India revealing that in 132 villages in one state, not a single girl was born in the last three months. Out of 216 births, not one was female. While India outlawed sex-selective abortion in 1994, it remains clearly commonplace. In fact, this recent report is probably evidence that the practice is growing. One nonprofit called the Invisible Girl Project estimates that at least 700,000 girls are aborted every year in India. Other estimates are as high as 5 to 7 million baby girls aborted every year. The deep social, cultural, and religious norms in India account for this gender side. India, you see, is patriarchal, meaning that boys carry on the family name and the family's property and the family's wealth. Wives join the husband's family through a dowry system. So girls' families must save and raise money to essentially pay the boy's family to take her, to marry her. So economically, girls become a liability, a deficit, while boys become an asset. Additionally, men in India perform the last rites for their dying parents, making men indispensable when it comes to religious practices. One social expert in India describes the problem as primarily greed-based. Having a boy will make you wealthier, while having a girl will make you poorer. So this issue is seen not just amongst the poor, but also amongst the wealthy. It's a matter of giving a future husband's family perhaps Mercedes or BMWs or a large amount of property if you're rich, or it's a matter of scraping together a cow and some crops and some jewelry if you're poor. In fact, feticide is probably practiced more by the wealthy because such exams are not cheap. So regardless, whether rich or poor, parents across India prefer to have sons. It's not the result of poverty. It's not the result of a lack of education. It's the result of strong cultural norms and preferences. And it's a problem that's evidently getting worse, not better. As one obstetrician said in a documentary film entitled, It's a Girl... Gender side has worsened in India with time. Ultrasounds and abortion techniques have allowed people to know if they're having a girl before she's born. So whereas before, couples had to wait to birth the baby to see if it was a boy or girl, now they can do that before the baby is born. Abortion is cleaner, it's tidier, it's more secretive than infanticide, killing a baby after she's born. It's less shameful. It's something that's hidden. So whereas prior to modern times, a community might lose maybe one, two, three or 4% of their population to the killing of girls after they're born. Now it's 20 or 25 or even 30% of a community's population being done away with before the baby girls are even born. Doctors and ultrasound technicians are paid under the table to determine the gender. And now at least 63 million girls are missing from India. Abortion is clearly driving this gender side. And so now there are entire villages in India where there are no single women. There is no one for the men to marry. And there is so much shrapnel from this, this result, this gender imbalance that has resulted from gender side. Girls are increasingly trafficked at a young age because families don't want to consider how they might afford their futures and they're maybe willing to sell them at a younger age. Girls are kidnapped to become child brides. Sometimes they're required to marry more than one man. Girls are kidnapped and taken to brothels. There's also a significant amount of dowry violence or violence against women, violence inflicted on women by a husband and his family, perhaps because she cannot produce a son for them, or perhaps because she wants to hang on to her pregnancy with a baby girl. 
Additionally, baby girls are neglected more. They're just abandoned, allowed to die after they are born far more than baby boys. They're even suffocated and poisoned after birth. In sum, girls in India have become largely dehumanized, considered more as an expense, a burden, something to be done away with in many communities. India, however, is not the biggest offender when it comes to gender side in our world. That status belongs to China. China's government imposed one-child policy, which lasted from 1997 to 2015, and which also led to the unspeakable horrors of forced abortions and sterilizations, has caused there to be four to 500 million missing women in that country. Four to 500 million missing girls because of gender side in China. That's a population that's higher than the entire United States. Estimates are that China conducted as many as 13 million abortions per year under the one-child policy. So in addition to these prior population control laws, China also has an intense social and cultural preference for boys. It too is a patriarchal society, much like India, with women joining the husband's families, boys carrying on the family name and family wealth and family property, men being responsible for their parents as they age. So in a context where only one child has been allowed and where some small families are still preferred, boys are still selected largely over girls. And the problem doesn't lie only in China and India. Strong gender disparities are also seen in birth rates in Korea, Japan, and Pakistan. But the result of both India and China's strong preference for men has resulted in more females being erased from the globe because of gender side than the number of deaths from all the genocides of the 20th century combined. Clearly, the global war on women has been the deadliest war by far in the last century. I'm linking a number of helpful articles and that documentary in the show notes for you to learn more. In some, though, let's just say that it's a girl are some of the deadliest words uttered across the planet. While these global issues of feticide, infanticide, trafficking, and violence against women might seem far off to us, we in the U.S. must grow in our awareness, our concern, and even our action, even if this feels like it's very far away. How can we stand by when millions of girls are murdered and missing from our planet? How different our world might be today if they had been allowed to live. And really, I guess I have to ask myself and ask you, are we much different here in the West? While gendercide is in fact horrific, are we not also systematically snuffing out the lives of unborn babies, babies who are predicted to be differently abled in some way by ultrasounds and other fetal testing? We in Europe and in the U.S. are essentially eliminating the Down syndrome population with the same procedures being used in the East to limit the births of girls. As techniques improve and couples turn to IVF and even potentially in the not-too-distant future, CRISPR gene editing, are we not also seeking specific kinds of babies, babies according to our own preferences, babies born when we want them? Do we not champion our social and cultural norms of convenience and self-actualization and do away with fetuses when we're not ready to welcome them in? And what about our attitudes towards women and girls? Are females not still belittled in many contexts, even in my own life? And I know this is so far from gender side, but even in my own life, as the mom of four girls, I hear all the time, oh, poor you. Oh, your poor husband. Oh, that's too bad. You've never had a son. How difficult it must be for you to have so many girls in your household. How I love to disrupt that conversation by saying, don't you mean how blessed? Don't you mean what a gift? Don't you mean we are so fortunate? We love having all these girls. But really, in all seriousness, what is the attitude towards women in our country? What are our deep cultural, cultural wide subconscious views? How are women commodified even here? 
How are men and their roles seen as superior or as preferred? And what is our attitude toward babies in general? Are babies seen largely as a blessing or are they seen as maybe a product, something to consume, something to produce at will when we're ready, according to our preferences? In the end, are we so different from India and China? As Christians, we must recommit ourselves to a good and solid theology of creation. God made us in his image, male and female he made us, and he saw that it was very good. So half the expression of God's image is seen in women. Two genders were created for a good and God-glorifying reason. Women and girls are gifts from the creator to be cherished and protected and blessed so that all females everywhere might thrive. That is God's will. So now we know. Now we know about the global war on women. We now know about the dehumanization of female babies. We now know about the genocide, the gender side happening on our watch. What will we do? We must do something. We can start by being introspective. What hidden thoughts and values do we hold? Where might you and I need to renew our minds? Where might we be conforming to our culture rather than to God's standard? We can all, and we must all pray against the spiritual forces of darkness in countries where girls are done away with. And we can partner with organizations that are doing something about it. We can contribute to the financial needs of organizations that protect and rescue girls around the world, organizations who are on the ground seeking to change attitudes and cultural norms. See my show notes for a few ideas. And also here in the U.S., we can ask ourselves, how are women devalued? How are children devalued? How can we do better to love and protect the image of God in all people? May you and I be rightly horrified that out of 216 babies born in three months in one area of India, none were girls. May we be rightly horrified that more than 500 million women are missing from this planet. This is no small thing. This is unjust. This is violent. It's sinister. It's evil. But let's not stop there. Let's inspect our own minds. Let's pray. Let's support those who are on the ground. And let's take action as God leads us. Thank you for listening to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. I look forward to chatting with you again next week.